one. Boom, chakalaka, there it is. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun episode. We are really going to have a good time uh, because today we just have a cool guest who is a mysterious blue avatar, and we're just going to have fun with that. All right, here we go. Practicing polyamory, real life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life, flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show. All right, here we go. So welcome, everybody, to the show. Before we jump in, I just really quickly want to ask once again, uh, if you're listening, watching, please head over to YouTube, search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast, and hit that subscribe button. I still really want to get to 100 viewers so I can get my own URL. I want it to be youtube.com slash practicing polyA, just like everything else, uh, but I got to get to 100 subscribers before I can get that. So if you can help me out with a subscribe at YouTube, I would really, really appreciate that. Uh, also, once again, a um, call to our uh, BIPOC LGBTQ community uh, who also uh, happen to be polyamorous. I would love to especially hear your stories, share your stories. Um, this weekend, I actually spent some time uh, watching a documentary on Netflix called uh, Disclosure, Disclosed, one of those two, uh, and it's it's it, it's with Laverne Cox and a bunch of other uh, transgender uh, phenoms in you know in the media right now that uh, you know talking about the struggles, talking about uh, the things that they've gone through, come up through uh, the way that our society has changed. Uh, you know the lines of questioning that are aimed at uh, you know our transgender uh, community and folks, and and you know it's just a really cool thing to see. And I just I want to learn more of your stories and uh, you know learn and, and hear more from you. So uh, again, just throwing that out there. Now, enough of all that stuff of what we want to be on the show. Let's talk about who actually is on the show. Today's guest has been practicing polyamory for the past three years. She considers herself an educator both through trade and through hobby. She loves to teach and is especially passionate about how technology is used in today's educational systems. She's also currently obsessed with her Instant Pot, which, as a guy who can hardly, hardly cook anything at all, I'm going to be interested to learn more about that. <laughs> Having gone through some major life changes during her polyam journey, our guest comes from a place of learning how to find strength, how to identify toxic traits, and how to be the kind of person who stands up for herself and what she believes. I'm so excited to hear a new perspective from our, just so everybody's aware, anonymous guest. <laughs> so without further ado, welcome to the show, D. Party wow, music. That, was, that was a really intense like uh, like introduction i hope i can live up to it <laughs> oh you will absolutely it, you know it's it's those little things that i uh asked you in the questionnaire that i like mm -hmm. to you know get to know my guests through writing a story for them and you know you you provided the material i just kind of put it in and you know in a different <laughs> I, I format get it. <laughs> but welcome d welcome to the show thank you for joining us um and you know thank you for actually being our first anonymous guest this is really cool well 
You're welcome. I mean, I feel like there's a lot of people who are still unfortunately having to be closeted. Mm -hmm. And so it doesn't mean you're less of a polyamorous person just because you're not able to share it with the world. Um, 100% I unfortunately live in a state where adultery is illegal and because of the, yeah, because of the fact that it is illegal, um, I could lose my job for it. That's yeah. That is interesting. Okay, you know, so this weekend, uh, I actually had a um, a- an epiphany moment, right? A, a idea, uh, one of those, you know, oh, this would be a really good thing to talk about. And I wrote down three words. I was like, maybe this will be my theme for the week. Uh, the three words were morality, acceptance, and validation. So, like... Mm. I feel like these are really, you know, big topics that speak to us in our polyam community. Now, you say that the state that you live in, adultery is legal. Is this illegal? Illegal. I'm sorry, illegal. (laughs) Is this, in your opinion, is this this like a a moral issue facing polyam folks? I mean, I I don't, I find that if you're open and honest, then the morality is kind of a, a, a... a moot point. Um, my mm. father had an issue with me being polyamorous and and stated, you know, it's against his morality. And I said, well, mm-hmm. you know, there are some cultures where me wearing short sleeves is immoral. It's right. against the morality. So, you know, it's, it's all a perspective. Um, Absolutely. So. Where, where do we get our morality from? Like, where do you think this, this idea that polyamory is immoral, where do you think that comes from? Um, I think society and the fact that, you know, marriage is, is this whole one man, one woman, it's the, it's you know, <laughs> what everyone's supposed to be moving towards, you know, it's that relationship escalator. We all are supposed mm-hmm. to be moving towards getting married and having children. And, and that's kind of everyone's destination. But it, it, I feel like, you know, of course, religion has a lot of basis in morality, but I feel like morality is, is a lot of you know, being good to other people, being honest with other people, being upfront. I don't necessarily think that, um, you know, how I act should be, you know, decided by somebody who, you know, isn't, you know, isn't present in my everyday. Uh, Well, and what do you say to that, though? Like, if somebody's telling you, well, you know, it's supposed to be one man and one woman. And obviously our whole society is changing that. Like we're, we're definitely in this moment in time where we're, we're shifting that, um, that, that paradigm and saying, no, it's, it's, it's not that right. Like mm-hmm. legal, uh, uh, gay marriage was, uh, finally made legal in all 50 States, you know, not too, not too long ago. Yeah. And so, you know, what do you say to someone who who comes at this and says, "Well, it's not it's not a moral. It's it's not moral. Like you're you're doing something." That, what do you say to that? What's your response? Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> well, hopefully I not holding to... a knife to anybody's face, but yeah. why so serious? I why? Why do you consider it immoral? There's no lying. Everyone's open and honest and they are, you know, communicating to each other and letting them know. And if anything, it makes you have to really expose your whole self to be able to do this. So I just asked them why. That's true. So why, why do they consider it a moral? And I I think you're right. A lot of times it just goes to that, you know, 
this is what we were raised with. This is what, you know, religion has taught us. Society has taught us, you know, all over all these years. How do you think we're doing as a society in changing that though? Um, I mean, I feel like it's, it's becoming, I'm hearing it more in the media, you know, mm-hmm. as far as TV shows, um, as far as just general practice hearing about it. I know when, um, I cannot remember his name. He was in the, the crimes of Grindelwald. He was the, he was uh, Johnny Depp or no, 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 no. It was, he was also the flash. Eddie. Eddie oh, Hmm. I can't remember. I can't think of his name. He came out as polyamorous. Really? He did. And the he flashed from started... Justice League? Not the one on the CW, but the one on Justice League. Yes. And I cannot remember his name for the That's life okay. of That's okay. I'm Googling it right now. <laughs> he came out as polyamorous. And I think that was the first time I had seen, you know, someone in celebrity status come out as that. And, you know, there's been rumors swirling for years about um, Jada Pinkett Smith and, and Will Smith. Right, right. Um, but yeah, Ezra Miller. Ezra Miller, yes, 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 yes. But yeah, huh. he came out polyamorous. Um, oh, I think he's wonderful. <laughs> yes, he's yes, wonderful. he's wonderful. <laughs> yeah, he's weird and quirky, and I just love that about him. Yeah, yeah. I, I feel like I've only seen him in uh, the Justice League. I, I'm sure that he's in other things too but uh i'll I'll get around to seeing more of that so he actually came out as polyamorous i didn't even uh realize that that's pretty cool yeah i think it was maybe two years ago he was just like talking about his polycule wow and yeah i mean you brought up you brought up uh jada jada and will smith um and you know they had that whole thing recently what was it what did she say uh it was a situation or yeah Oh, yeah, I forgot. Good. I forgot the word that she used. I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> she had a situation ship, you know. It's it's whatever. It's fine. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so we're seeing it come out more and more in the media. Do you think that eventually, like, honest opinion? Do you think that eventually it's going to be just okay? Like, do you think that acceptance is? in entanglement thank you viviana that was the word that she used um (laughs) do you think that that one of these days it's just gonna be okay like it's gonna be widely accepted nobody's gonna bat an eye you know nobody's gonna think anything of it if we say yeah you know i have multiple partners i think someday but i don't think that we're that close to it if you think about how long it took just for the lgbtq people to be accepted in in normally in you know quote unquote mm-hmm. normal society i feel like you know we've still got to go on that journey i mean i have friends who are polyamorous mm-hmm. and part of the lgbtq community and you know they're just they've got a lot of different levels of things that they've got to they've got to navigate as well so i think it's it's might but i don't think it's there yet especially because our society is set up so much for two people in a relationship um, mm-hmm. tax wise, you know, house wise, um, my, my partner, well, my boyfriend and his wife, who I'm very close with, um, they just bought a house and the plan is, is eventually that I'm going to be moving in with them, um, for us to find homes that didn't have, cause we all wanted our own bedrooms 
to not have, you know, that one master suite and then smaller rooms, even that was very difficult to find. Um, and I mean, just thinking about that, I mean, it's, it's, a, it's set up for two people to share, you know, two people to be the head of the household and to have children in the house. Right. So. Yeah, no, that's, that's absolutely true. I mean, everything, everything that we have seen over the past, however long millennia, it's all kind of geared mm-hmm. towards that. What does that say about, you know, us and, and, you know, where, what our relationship status is? Does that make us any, like, I don't know, not less valid, but, you know, how do, how do, how do you feel about that? And this idea that, you know, you can't find a house with two master bedrooms, or it's really hard to find a house with two master bedrooms. And, you know, we are following this path that is, you know, different from what society expects. And, you know, society isn't necessarily going to change to appease us, right? We kind of have like, like, these are the rules of the game. And we just kind of have to learn to play by the rules and, and find our place within that. Like, what are your thoughts on, on kind of this, this, this idea of where we are, where we are in society and how we have to find our way? I think it's, it makes my relationship with my boyfriend seem less permanent or Mm -hmm. less, less valid than his relationship with his wife. You know, they have a legal Mm -hmm. binding and, and and trying to, you know, have him, he wants, you know, now they've bought a house. He wants to make sure that, you know, God forbid something happens to him that I'm protected as well. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. trying to go through the legal, the legal process of doing that while he's married to her and still wanting me to be included in that is extremely hard. Um, and it really does feel like it invalidates our relationship sometimes on a legal standpoint. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, how does that, how does that feel? Cause I mean, I'm, I'm married to, and I have another partner that I'm not married to. Um, she and I, you know, we're not necessarily looking to live together and, 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 you know, have that dynamic, but you are right. You, you just said that you were looking to buy a house together. Mm-hmm. And so you're looking to plan this whole life and, you know, what are some of your like concerns with that, you know, and, and what can you do? What, what have you looked into doing to resolve that? Well, what we've looked into is having me as a contingent on flight insurance. Um, that mm-hmm. way, if, you know, God forbid something happens to him and his wife, then I would be, you know, I would have the money filled to pay out the mortgage and be able to stay in my home. Um, the other thing is just going to a lawyer and doing estate planning and, you know, having me on there, not necessarily as a spouse, but as someone who is, has, you know, legal precedent and, you know, hopefully, you know, power of attorney and Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. things like that. God for, you know, I keep saying God forbid, because I'm so afraid of things happening, but um, (laughs) I, I, I fear that jinx of just saying it and then something happens. But, you know, if he was in the hospital you know, and she wasn't able to make decisions for him. He wants me to be mm-hmm. able to make decisions. So, it, it's so there was a, to... there was a conversation with a lawyer. You said uh, you got like a power of attorney. Uh, you got added as a beneficiary on his life insurance. Not, not yet. Those are all, those are all things that are in the, the works. In right the works. Now. Mm-hmm. Got it. Got it. But I mean, those are, those are great steps. And I mean, have you talked with, um, poly friendly, poly am friendly 
attorneys and polyam friendly, uh, you know, preparers, all these different things? Not yet. Those are, like I said, this is, this is all still, they just bought a house with my input. They had me go to all the showings with them. Um, they're doing the, the, um, the financial aspect aspect of it right now. Cause at this moment, I'm not able to move with them due to like, uh, due to constraints with my, my career, but I'm moving in with them hopefully in a year. So we're taking that time to, to get everything figured out. Um, estate planning. Yeah. That's one of the things that we're going to be looking at is estate planning. Very um, cool. Well, uh, shout out to our attorney in heels here, uh, Viviana. Um, she is an attorney here in California. So, uh, whatever state that you're in, I don't know if uh, she'll be able to help you, but, uh, you know, if anybody here in California needs some help with these types of things, uh, reach out to our friendly, uh, polyam friendly attorney in heels. I'm just going to throw that out there because she likes me. So I'm going to say that she's polyam friendly because she <laughs> likes me. Who <laughs> would I feel? <laughs> I mean, I haven't met any mortal enemies yet. <laughs> I mean, so, they kind of stay in the shadows. But, it's worse. It's so much worse. <laughs> mortal enemies tend to stay in the shadows. Right? No, so true. So true. So, um, Let's see. We were talking about about getting set up with estate planning. We were talking about, uh, you know, potentially a power of attorney. Yes, polyam friendly. Of course, she is. Um, what other what other obstacles have you come across when it comes to merging your life with these two other people? Um, well, first, I just want to say that I am not with both of them. It, I'm just okay. with my boyfriend. Um, I am Got straight. Um, his wife is bisexual and I have a very close friendship um, and, and well. it's, it's a oh. weird dynamic the other part of it is is that oh the other part of it is, is that I am the cause of a divorce okay oh, are you losing me yeah we're, we're good we're good okay hold on I turned my wife I got turned off there we go. That That's help. what happened. Um, <laughs> you caught back up. We're good. We're good. I think. Hello? Uh-oh. Blank space. I Blank just, space. I saw you. Oh. Wait. I think. Are we back? Are we not? I can hear you. I can hear you. We're good. We're good now. Okay. All right. All right, producer. Let's uh, edit that out. We're not live or anything. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> I'm teasing. I'm teasing. <laughs> Um, so you were saying uh, you're you're going through a divorce currently? Yes, I am. Um, my uh, soon-to-be ex-husband and I were married for 10 years. Um, mm-hmm. We had an open relationship for probably about six or seven of those. Okay. Um, and during that, three of them were polyamorous. Got it. So that's kind of, but during during that time, you know, we had our ups and downs and kind of meeting the, uh, the man that I'm with now, it made me kind of see the things that I knew I shouldn't have in a relationship. Mm. That makes sense. It's, it's hard to see the forest through the trees, right? Right. When you're like in the middle of something, when you're in it, when when you're emotionally attached, it's hard to, take that step back and, and take that, you know, third person viewpoint on your own life 
to make those changes. But one of the things that you uh, wrote about was being able to identify uh, toxic traits and be able to stand up for yourself. Can you tell, tell me a little bit about that experience and some of the things maybe that you went through and some of the lessons that you've learned? Well, as we were married, it was, he had a, he, um, you know, he's bipolar and, you know, not nothing against people who are bipolar. There are a lot of people who manage their bipolar in a lot of healthy ways. Um, we got to the point where it was, it was either a screening match or we didn't care about each other at all in the things that we did. And there was no, there was no listening. There was no planning. There was placating. Mm-hmm. Um, for much of our relationship, it was the biggest issue I think was that I wanted a house and he didn't seem to be able to hold on to a job or to save any money or to make any future plans that actually were possible. He would promise mm-hmm. the world, but there was no plan put in. And the way that he would manipulate things that I would say or the situations that would happen, I always felt like I was the one who was holding us back. And mm. it got to the point where I was always apologizing and just doing everything I could to avoid making him angry because the ramifications and the mental like roller coaster that I would go on from it, because I have, I have anxiety and depression. And going through those things over and over again, it was making me sick. My hair was falling out. Um, I was gritting my teeth when I was sleeping so bad that I actually cracked two of my teeth. Um, and I was talking with my boyfriend and he said to me one day, he goes, you know, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to tell you what to do. He goes, but you need to think about where do you want to be a year from now, three years from now? Mm-hmm, and I mm-hmm. told him, you know, I wanted to own a house. I want to do this, that, and the other thing. He goes, do you think that the path that you're on now will get you to those things? Do you think that the way that things are moving, is that where you're going to end up? And it was this like shock to me of me just stopping and going, oh my God, no, I'm doing the exact same things over and over again. I'm going through this cycle with, with my soon to be ex of, you know, okay, we've got great jobs. We're making good money. Why are we broke every, every single week? What's going on? Mm -hmm. And it would be all of a sudden, okay, we've got these great plans and then nothing would ever come to fruition. And it was 10, 10 years of that. Feels like and, a long time. Yeah. And it was all things that, you know, it was nothing new that had never been said to me before. It was, mm-hmm. you know, my parents had said it. My sister had said it. A lot of friends had said it. And having him who he's a person who doesn't like to take sides. He doesn't like to sway people in one way or the, or another. Have him, having him say that to me, somebody that whose opinion I had become come to respect. Mm-hmm. It was like, holy crap, what have I put myself through? Wow. He had already been asking me all the time, why do you keep apologizing? Why are you bracing yourself every time you have to tell me something you think is bad news? And it was all of a sudden seeing those things from him. And it was like, oh my God, you know, what, what am I, what am I doing? What am I showing my child that's acceptable? It's like you're constantly living in fear of, any kind of disappointment it sounded like yeah and it, there was there was no physical abuse mm-hmm. but it was it was to the point where i just i i was so depressed i couldn't get out of it i couldn't feel anything anymore 
even if there's not physical abuse, like to think that every disagreement can lead to like a clash, you know, Mm -hmm. in, in, you said that there were shouting matches, you know, uh, just just to, to feel to live in fear that any kind of disagreement could end up in even a shouting match like that's that's definitely. Um, oh, hell no. Yeah, that's that's <laughs> not an experience that we want to be in uh, for sure. So oh. you were able to recognize it mm-hmm. and you said that you. you it hits you that, you know, what are, what are you showing your child? And and now you're to a point where you say you are more able to stand up for yourself. Can you give me an example of, you know, how and when that changed? And, you know, just something that you remember that it was like, this happened. This was that moment where I was like, I'm taking this stand. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, kind of the start of it was um, actually my birthday last year. Um, he had two weeks before borrowed $200 from his mother to buy a camera online to start a photography business that he had no idea how to run. And my birthday came and I didn't even get so much as a card. Mm. And I was just like, why am I putting up with this anymore? I took a picture of myself on that day. And I posted it to my private Facebook and I was like, don't let yourself do this again. And mm. from that moment, I told him the next week that I wanted a divorce, um, which is ironically in our 13 year dating anniversary. But I mean, that's, mm. <laughs> um, but we had gone to the store shortly after that to pick up some stuff. And my, he started, I, I was the, going there to buy some stuff to make some cookies for a party I was going to with my, um, my metamor, my boyfriend's wife. Mm-hmm. And he started call in the middle of the store. He started calling her the C word, all kinds of stuff. And I just looked at him and I said, I don't have to put up with this. And I walked away. And Boom. it was, <laughs> it was like the first time I let myself do that. Wow. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> like, that's such a huge moment. I mean, to be able to to just take that stand, to just yeah, not accept that for yourself. And and so now going forward, what would you say to someone who you saw, you know, in in your position who wasn't feeling quite able to stand up for themselves, not quite able to to, you know, do these things that 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 you have found strength in, what would you say to someone like that? What would you say to yourself, you know, three years ago? Probably do the same thing that I had, you know, I had my boyfriend say to me, why? And do you see, where do you want your life? And do you see the path that you're on getting you there? And I think that that, that is a, the biggest way to call just to ask somebody that. And I think also having support, this is the first time in my life I felt the support around me because a lot of what he did caused a lot of guilt and anxiety and caused a lot of distance between my friends, my family. And there was a lot of pushback for him to not want my family close to me. And I've always been close to my family and it, it fractured us for a long time. 
Um, so it's just like to, to finally, you know, have that support around me and to feel like I can do this. Hmm. I've had friends let me stay with them. I've had friends like right now I'm living with a friend who she had a basement apartment and she's like, come live with me. So I'm renting that out from her. And now I've got my space and I'm getting, you know, I'm getting my life together to get ready for the next step. Nice. Very cool. And, you know, hopefully another year you'll be in there with, uh, with your partner and your meta and, you know, moving on, moving on forward from there. Oh, I'm so excited about that. (laughs) (laughs) I bet. I bet. So we we started the show talking about morality. Uh, By this point, we've kind of, uh, you know, you you were just talking about how you feel more acceptance, um, you know, even within your family, now that you're able to connect with them uh, again. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that last one is validation. What does validation mean to you as a polyamorous person? And do you feel that you have that and if yeah do you feel that you have it uh i think i've i've gotten it from myself i Mm. my family you know they love me they support me they don't understand the polyamory thing they're trying Mm -hmm. they're they're trying to get there they're not sure if they want to meet the boyfriend um but feel that i feel like this is a relationship that is healthy that is fulfilling to me that is on mm-hmm. open and honest and I feel valid in it and I wish I could shout it from the rooftops and you know not have to risk my job but you know I feel validation from my polyamorous friends from those people who know him knew him before they knew me and are like you're a great addition to him you are wonderful for him and seeing oh, that yeah Oh, that's so sweet. That's so sweet. It's those are those are those moments, right? Those yeah. are those moments when it's like, you know, and, and especially because it doesn't take away f- from his relationship with his wife, you know, and that's no, that I feel is like one of the hardest things for uh, people that are not totally familiar with polyamory people who have been you know so stuck in monogamy is like they they often think that one relationship takes away from the other but to get that validation you know and and to see both relationships working in harmony that's this way it's it's beautiful i love it yeah. tomorrow is a mystery but today is a gift exactly <laughs> i mean his wife and i actually have had these conversations where they're like you know i expect you know, my love for him to start at an eight and my love for somebody else, maybe to start at three and then for them to move up together, you know, one moves to a four, one moves to a nine moving Mm -hmm. up at the same rate. And she's like, it doesn't work like that. She's like, my love for the next person, you know, maybe comes in at an eight already and and moves to that level where I feel the same amount for them that I do for my partner that I've had for 20 years. And it's, it's, it's a, she's like, it's a weird feeling. It feels like I'm almost betraying him, but then we talk about it and he's feeling the same things. So my, so that we have a whole like polycule and we talk about this mm-hmm. all, like all these different like ranges of love and attention and, and trust within it. So I, I'm dating my boyfriend. My boyfriend's married to his wife. His wife's dating a guy who's married to his wife and his wife has a boyfriend. And that's, I love that's it. our whole that's our whole polycule we we all get together we make dinners and we talk and you know our kids all play together and it's a weird awesome little family 
it's very it sounds very kitchen table and i love it it's i don't know for me like that is the way to do uh polyam and and you know i know other people have different ways that they would that Mm -hmm. they prefer you know a lot of people prefer parallel they don't necessarily want these different lives different partners to to intermingle or anything and that's you know all fine but i just feel like for me personally there's just so much love in our polycules that like how how can i not want to share that how can i not want to be a part of that exactly it's not like we're all like you know having massive you know sex parties in front of each other that's not how it is <laughs> that's not well, how this works <laughs> not how it works i mean i feel like you know the amount of orgies has really been over exaggerated <laughs> yeah i mean you know people hear it and and all right so i told you i watched that um that uh documentary disclosure yes. and one of the things that that i saw uh is that in the media in the past, there was always this obsession with the genitalia. Well, what do you do? Do you just tuck it behind? Well, how did you get boobs? And, you know, all these different things that are like about, you know, our parts, right? And mm-hmm. when you look historically even at, uh, you know, the, the LGBT struggle and, and, and you know, making it where, where it is today, where it's, beyond acceptable it's like you know to to ostracize it in any way is like oh no you're you're bad now for you know judging in any way but you know even back when things were first starting out it's like it was all about the sex right homosexuality like it's 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 all about the sex and that's all that anybody looks at in in open relationships and polyamory and you know all these different things it's Everybody wants to talk about the sex, but polyamory is so much more than that. It's like this deep love that I can experience with more than one person. And like, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's the love. <laughs> it is the love. My dad said to me, he goes, you know, I just can't get over, you know, my, my daughter sleeping with a married man. I'm like, but his wife's okay with it. Like, why, why do you have to have a problem with it? It's not. Yeah nothing that you're doing i said nobody's lying to anybody and his whole thing was that it went against his vows and i'm like mm-hmm. well he didn't take vows like their vows weren't like that right so i got married in vegas i had no vows <laughs> <laughs> i mean one thing we like to say in our in our group is it's like pie you know you can like apple pie you can like pumpkin pie it's but it's all about the love of pie there it is <laughs> There it is. And, and you know, when we, we always use the, the uh, fruit salad analogy, right? Well, yeah. sometimes I love apples and sometimes I love oranges and an apple is never going to be an orange, but I love apples and I love oranges. Yep. And, and you're, put it your all together and we're a fruit salad. Take, your love of one doesn't take away from your love of the other. Exactly. Exactly. D, it has been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, thank you so much again for uh, joining us here for this conversation, for um, for being part of the conversation, for uh, allowing us to talk to you, to learn from you, and, uh, you know, again, staying anonymous through this. So, you know, for anybody who's listening who is a little bit afraid maybe of coming on the show because they don't want to be seen or, or you know, they, they're afraid for that anonymity, anonymity they still need the anonymity um d you're, you're a perfect example and i really really from the bottom of my heart thank you so much well thank you for giving me this platform i i appreciate it and i love being able to be open and honest about my journey
All right. Thank you again. Everybody else who uh, is tuning in, please don't forget to head over to YouTube, subscribe to the channel, uh, search for Practicing Polyamory Podcast. Uh, once I actually have 100 subscribers, it will just be youtube.com slash practicing polyA, just like everything else. Uh, and follow me on all social medias at practicing polyA. Uh, I promise I'll get better at this whole social media thing. And, you know, I, I, I see all the things that uh, uh, La Vida is doing and the uh, polyphilia blog and uh, polyam.us, like all these different ones I know. And they're, they're so good at the social media. And that's my goal. I'm going to get there and share some really cool stuff with you guys uh you all that uh, i learned from incredible guests like d over here um and if you want to be a guest last but not least if you want to be a guest on the show would love to have you on to learn from you as well again don't forget you can come on anonymously if you need to uh if you are able to come on not anonymously like the past few guests that's awesome as well uh but either way would love to uh learn from you and uh join the conversation that's all we got everybody thank you all so much as always have a nice day thank you for tuning in to the practicing polyamory podcast would you or someone in your polycule like to be a guest sign up at practicingpolyamory.com and join the conversation please support us by subscribing liking and following us on social media at practicing polya by clicking any of the affiliate links on our website or by subscribing at patreon.com slash practicing